0: Well, welcome to another episode of Lower Room, where we talk about what we believe and why we believe it. Uh, today, um, in the room with me today, we have, as always, Anna Green, and our two guests today are uh, Josh Huckabee and Alec Ward. And so, uh, as always, we're going to do some introductions. Uh, we're going to ask our guests what they do, and then we could do a goofy question. So, mm-hmm. tell us. What you do, and then the goofy question will be, if you could be in a band, any band, for a year, say like you're just a different person, you don't have like a wife and kids to leave behind, if you just go be in any band, what would the band be? But first you start with who you are, what you do, and then give us the goofy, okay. goofy question. You want to go first, do you want me to go first?
1: I can go first. All right, we're going to start with Alec. Okay, so my name is Alec Ward. I work here at College Heights. I am technically the Creative Arts Associate Minister. Yes, I got that right.
2: That's what your name tag says.
1: Right, I'm wearing a name tag. so really, I can remind myself. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I have worked here at the church for a little over two years now, which is nuts. Um. It's been a fun two years. Um, What band would I be in? That's the next question. Um, The first thing that came, I I might have to go with U2. Mm
3: -hmm. Not
1: that I'm a huge U2 fan. It's just every time I see something from U2 or hear something, I'm like, wow, I wish that was me. <laughs> well, <which laughs>
4: have
2: come up with that? So he's like, "I'm not that big of a fan, but I want to be that." Answer, that's my right.
4: answer, and I'm to <laughs> yeah. All right. Great. Okay. Uh, and I'm Josh Bay and I'm the the Creative Arts Minister at College Heights. Been here for six years, and have really enjoyed my time here. Enjoy what I get to do. Uh, the band that I would be in is probably Journey, Mm -hmm. because...
1: Man. Because we're all on a journey, right?
4: Yeah, that's what (laughs) I was going to say. Exactly. Uh, Yeah, because they're awesome, because I love all of their songs, and they have some really awesome late 70s, early 80s music videos Mm -hmm. that are incredibly corny. Pureful. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Music videos. With uh, keyboards on the, like glued to the walls and someone you know people playing them oh yeah it's it's pretty cool is it
2: is it strange to you that like in a couple of years (laughs) and even now maybe like our listeners might not even know like who journey is
4: it's strange and sad yeah you know that's our listeners right now
0: probably couldn't name like a handful of their songs yeah (laughs) you
4: know it's probably one of those things like if they heard it
0: they would be like oh i know
4: this." they're like i know the song but they wouldn't necessarily know it They'd be was like, journey, oh, yeah, journey cuz no, they're yeah, pretty classic the,
0: like, top yeah. 25 most listened to tracks right. on spotify
4: Right. like that
1: mm-hmm. played at yeah. played high school proms yeah. across okay. the world worldwide, <laughs> worldwide. <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> Everywhere. easily anywhere yeah. there's a prom journey's sure. there that's right
0: we <laughs> are still going do you do you have a band
2: i actually don't i was thinking about that and i don't i don't really like bands like mm. specific bands Hurtful like I wow. really <laughs> no I love I love music's great but I don't have like bands that I I just listen to like the Discover playlist like on Spotify Enya. you're
0: more into like rap groups like no.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's me uh, for uh, sure no it, I yeah. just I listen, listen to a lot of random like artists and like don't really know anything about any of them so um, I just <laughs> like their songs <laughs> uh, <laughs> so well, I, could, cool. I, cool. I couldn't even Absolutely. name some yeah, of them
4: I do too eclectic cool. you know oh.
3: Yeah,
0: i like pick a band? Yeah.
4: yeah. The Seriously? Lumineers. That's
0: good. Okay. I like them. They're really good.
4: And they just got done touring with you too.
3: Uh-huh.
4: I just feel really enlightened whenever I listen to their music. Mm. It's very lofty and it's very nice. L- <laughs> it's very luminous. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: that was so bad. <laughs> okay,
0: well. subtlety does not come through on the podcast. Today we're going to be talking topic- talking about the topic of worship. So, I'm going to start with asking you guys just the question, if you guys could just give me a, like a base definition of like what is
4: worship? Sure. Yeah, actually, um, Alec and I were talking with our interns about this last mm-hmm. week, and um, if I had to, if I had to, you know, define worship with one word, I would say it's response.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: That that's uh, that's its orientation, and that's because God is first in all things. You know. Mm-hmm. Um everything then that we do as human beings, and really everything that creation does has to be in response to God. Mm-hmm. so whatever worship is at its core, it's a response to the creator um, in terms of uh in terms of uh worship you know as as a human being, my fuller definition usually sounds something like worship is is my response. To all that God is is doing in me through me around me and in spite of me
3: hmm. that's,
4: um, cool. that's that's what worship is now um, that definition can change depending on what type of worship' we're we're, uh, we're talking about because mm-hmm. worship's not I think worship is something that like my definition suggests is something that everything and everyone does mm-hmm. so we could talk about Muslim worship we could talk about the differences between Christian worship and pagan worship or secularism or whatever, humanism. We could talk about anything, but I think all of them are worship, Mm -hmm. you know, at some level, because they're responding Mm -hmm. to something, Mm -hmm. you know.
3: Okay.
4: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, so my next question would be like, why do we worship? You Your why is kind of in your what. It's like we, because of who God is and what he's doing, Mm -hmm. out of that, yeah, we respond to that.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, why? Because... Uh, that's in our very the fabric of our being Mm -hmm. is to is to do that anything that is made by God everything that's made by God's going it it returns to God Mm -hmm. you know God's like this great the great magnet of the universe Mm -hmm. and everything is drawn to him whether it recognizes it consciously or not Mm -hmm. it is Um, this is the gravity pulls God's gravity pulls us towards him
1: right working off that definition it's
4: if worship is just a response,
1: then in a way, um, in a way, you don't have a choice, or creation doesn't have a choice. If we're just responding, like you're worshiping whether you know it or not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an there's an element of choice in there, where you get to decide what to worship mm-hmm. and how to worship. Once you become aware that you're worshiping mm-hmm. all the time, mm-hmm. but yeah, in a, like the question of why do we worship is, it's kind of built in. It's like you're 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 doing it already. Yeah. yeah. Yep.
2: That's
3: good.
2: That's great. That's good. Yeah, um, we we talked about um, like how cliche. I was thinking about how like how cliche it is that we have like creative arts ministers um, <laughs> on when you talking on this episode talking about what worship is because we recognize that like worship is not necessarily just a thing that we do. Um, it's not that narrow, like not something we do just on Sunday mornings mm-hmm. or like through music, um, or through like creative arts. But, um, we, yeah, I, I, in my mind thought about like just pulling some like random guy off the street and like having him talk about like what worship <laughs> is just because, <laughs> um, anyone, <laughs> like anyone can know what worship is. Anyone can do worship like well, whether or not like they're musicians, whether mm-hmm. or not they're employed by church. Um, but we do want to talk about um, musical worship with you guys a little bit, just sure. because that is that is your role um, in some capacity, like at the church. Um, so if you guys could just kind of start out talking about um, like why we sing songs in church, like why, where did that come from, like how, um, yeah, like how does that work, and why is that a tradition that we have. Um, in the Christian church. Yeah.
4: Do you want to mm. start out? Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll start out. Um, I'll yeah, I mean, I think, you know, why we use music in worship, uh, not even just within our, our particular s- stream of the Christian tradition, but I think, um, you know, going back to that broader definition of worship that, you know, everyone's doing that. Music is, is um, it's universal. mm mm-hmm. You know, you find music in every culture and every place in the world. Um, And usually, I don't know this for certain, but um, usually music is associated uh, with worship uh, in other cultures as well, Mm -hmm. in their religious practices and things like that. And I think the reason for that is that uh, music does this thing where it brings our left brain and our right brain together, Mm -hmm. where you have content... And uh, and an art form, you have reason and logic and you have an art and you smush them together. Mm -hmm. And what happens in that is, um, you know, music is a fantastic mnemonic device. It's how we it's how we all learned how to say our ABCs first. Everybody started by singing them. Mm. Not by saying them, you know, your mom didn't go write them up on the board and teach you that way. I still have to sing them, actually. Oh, I know, know, right? You know, people do it with the months of the year, (laughs) you know, the days of the week even. You know, it's like we we get these songs because uh, it becomes a way for us to memorize things and to really internalize them. Mm -hmm. Because we're using our entire brain, not just one particular part of it, you know. So I think that's one of the reasons that it does that. The second reason, or that we use it, the second reason, though, I think is because music and art and beauty aesthetics give us this transcendent Mm -hmm. uh, component. Mm -hmm. We can't can't nail it down exactly because it has to, when you ask someone why music was good, you know, beauty's in the eye of the beholder, Mm -hmm. right? It's a subjective thing, but it can take you into places that are... That sometimes reason and logic just can't, mm-hmm. because it has to do with emotion. Music evokes emotion, and because we're whole, unified beings, we're not just you know brains on a stick. Mm-hmm. Um, we we have to learn how to engage all of ourselves, and worship and music is a great tool for doing that.
1: Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's something. Even how Josh talked about uniting your left and your right brain. There's something, I feel like. Music is just a, it's an easy, it's a natural, it's a universal medium for communicating so many things at once. So not only do we worship God through music and we remember, we're, we're, we're taught by music. there's an element of, um, like there's an element of community too, that the things we sing about and the songs that we sing can, can cross not only logic and thinking borders, but they can cross like political, national Words mm-hmm. you can sing a song in one country and it works in another country,
3: mm-hmm.
1: um, and then even in a particular context, like in a room, it's a way that you can get everyone to sing the same words over and over. It's a very uniting form of art mm-hmm. that it is subjective in a way, and that everyone might get something out of it. But it's the it's the it's the performing of a song, the singing of a song. I think stands for a lot more. Um, Than we sometimes give it credit for. It's a very uniting, yeah, you know, form of art mm-hmm. that we don't always do all the time. We like we might sing in our car, by ourselves, mm-hmm. um, but to sing something together, it stands for something else. Like there's more power behind it. Yeah,
4: the irony is too with music that, um, and particularly music and in, and uh, in worship, is that you know it's. It's one of the things that has divided the church the most, yeah. even over the you know the course of the history of Christianity, mm-hmm. but especially within the past 150 years, it's been a very de- divisive type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, music, uh, biologically speaking, is uh, one of the most unifying things that we can do. The only time human beings breathe together is when we sing.
3: Mm-hmm. you know. Yeah.
4: Um and it's it's really interesting if you're you know being on my side of the stage as a worship leader you can hear it sometimes when people take a breath together, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um that crazy. that's it's really interesting. So this thing that's supposed to like God's given us to to unify us, to give us a collective voice mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. actually becomes the source of the most division oftentimes yeah. in a lot of churches and that's yeah. that's unfortunate.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Um but it does happen. Yeah.
2: So it's funny I was even you, talk, you mentioned breathing, but even just like, I had never noticed this before, I don't know how, but like on Sunday, I don't know what, song, Good, Good good Father, we were singing at College Heights and I just like opened my eyes and just like stopped singing for a second and everyone was like swaying back and forth <laughs> in unison. And I just like, I sat there and I was like, man, this is, it was just, it was funny to see, um, but like just the rhythm, like, mm-hmm. well, arguably like we, you know, don't have always the best rhythm. Um, but like, there are some things that are just like natural and just the yeah. unity of even just physically that, Absolutely. um, that's really cool. So, um, what is, um, is, would you say that that's like the primary value of corporate worship, like the unity that is involved or like how, like, why is it important to like come to church, um, come to church on Sundays and like worship with a, mm-hmm. a local body
4: like outside of music, is that what you're talking about? But yeah, just like in yeah. general, what's the value of of corporately sure, worshiping? Yeah. Like just coming to church?
0: Because Alec talked about like we could drive around all week listening to Caleb, sure. you know, and like mm-hmm. sing all the same songs we sing on mm-hmm. Sunday, mm-hmm. and it's like you're worshiping, but it's like, like it's a very unifying thing that takes place on mm-hmm. Sunday. It's like what we're doing, like as a corporate body. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah,
1: I I think that there's a. I love Joshua's definition of worship. I think it's one that we both like work off of regularly. Mm-hmm. One that like I've shared, taught, and I reflect on pretty, pretty regularly. Um, if I were to add like one, one little nuance that is important for me, or at least for this season of life, and that I feel like people miss out on is the. Um, I feel like corporate worship really, capitalizes on this kind of tension or nuance that's sometimes hard to capture between the transcendence that we get from. Mm-hmm beauty, aesthetics, music, so on, it's like, wow, there's some, like, you can't put it in a box, it's not easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I like about corporate worship is that it, it takes that transcendent, and it brings in this idea of God's eminence at the same time. So what I'm trying to say is that um, corporate worship, there's something different about engaging the presence of a particular, of God. In Christian worship, I think we really, we, we talk about God's presence pretty often, um, and I think that's important. I think we should keep talking about it. I think that it doesn't necessarily fit in the category of worship. I think that prayer kind of gets at the same mm-hmm. thing, that we're, we're trying to experience God. We're trying to engage God's presence. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of what we do, especially in the American church and evangelical churches, uh, what we do with music is trying to get at that same, that same point. And the way that we experience God is not, you know, we do that in community. We do that in a, in a corporate setting, Not that God is not at work in individuals, or that a, an individual couldn't have an experience with God or something like that. but there's something there's something ordained, there's something like special about a gathering of people who are filled with the Holy Spirit, and we experience God in and among through these other people. And I think whenever we do these unifying actions, like the the expression of God in a group um, is just different. There's something else
3: mm-hmm.
1: about it. I mean, I know Jesus says where two or three are gathered there I am. And whatever the context of that is he's still saying it, he's there.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You know. Um, when we experience God with one another, I just, it's different than when we're by ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's different than I think God's God's presence transcends a lot of things, but there's something different. There's something special about it. That I think we actually miss out on if we choose to forego engaging in corporate worship. So again, I think that's bigger than just music and just worship. I think I think there's a lot of power in praying together. I think you can you can sense that, you feel that. Um yeah, there's a lot of things that happen when you're with other believers, whether you're encouraged, um, we just we learn a lot from each other, we experience a lot from each other, mm-hmm. and there's just something special and holy about giving all of God's people all carrying the Holy Spirit together in one room and I love that we get to express that in so many different ways
4: mm-hmm. when
1: we gather for corporate worship
4: yeah the the sacredness is i mean that's that's a biblical concept that like the end of ephesians uh, end of ephesians three says in him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And the the references in 1 Corinthians about the body of Christ being, your body being a temple, you know, those are, several of those are, are plural. Uh, your body is not, you know, you as an individual, but you as a collective are the body of Christ. Um, and I think we also forget that the body of Christ, what that that Paul is referring to an actual physical thing, mm-hmm. that because Jesus has ascended to heaven, there is now left on the earth a physical manifestation and representation of Jesus mm-hmm. here still, and it is the church. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: So there is no uh, there is no uh, worship outside of the church as the body of Christ in the sense now, you know, obviously... What constitutes the body of Christ? How many people do you have to have to make a quorum of the body of Christ? you know right. that you could get into all of those questions, but uh, but there is something that is that is unique about it, and um, you know whether and we don't have time to get into it, but there's you know biological reasons why like limbically how we're oriented, how we how we um, help regulate one another's emotions being together. Mm-hmm. there's been scientific studies, neurological studies that actually show. That when people live in isolation, they can't live.
3: <laughs>
4: they can't live. They actually start to die. Um, uh, you know, especially with young children, you you find that, you know, there's a fairy of feral children and things like that. There there are deficiencies that come from being isolated yeah. from people. Um uh, now, um, yeah you can you can go outside and you can worship god as an individual
3: mm-hmm.
4: but what is it that god's made us for in you know in terms of sustaining our lives because mm-hmm. yeah. sometimes i show up to church and uh i i've had a hard week you know or i'm in a season of doubt i can't sing some of the songs
3: mm-hmm. maybe
4: i don't even believe it
2: mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah. But the point is, like Alec was saying, the encouragement comes whenever someone else believes it for me.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
4: They sing the song for me
2: mm-hmm.
4: when I can't sing it. Yeah, that's what it means to be in faith and to walk beside each other and in, in in community and in as a as a church. Yeah. You know,
2: that was one thing a couple of weeks ago. Actually, at Upper Room, Alec, um, you led worship and you mentioned that idea, and that was just such a like powerful reminder for me. Like you, um, Alec. Invited us to um, s- almost like sing more loudly f- for mm-hmm. those who couldn't sing, mm-hmm. believe this mm-hmm. for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was just such a powerful idea that we, um, like our voices together, um, almost can like make up for, like cover each other, mm-hmm. um, like with that truth. Um, and that's something that we don't, we can't experience if we're isolated from mm-hmm. that um, community. So
4: there's a, the other i think the other component of of corporate worship and you know i would say you know uh, richard foster considers uh corporate worship to be one of the outward disciplines or practices spiritual practices of a christian in the christian life but i think one of the reasons why it's so vital is that the rhythm of going to worship every week actually helps to shape our desire mm-hmm. for god it helps reorient our world it says This is how the the world really is under the God's paradigm. Hmm. Even though the other six days you go out and you see see the world operating this way, it looks like life is upside down, Mm -hmm. you know, from the kingdom perspective. Mm -hmm. It gives you a way to see that again and be reminded of that again. What are the priorities of existence, you know? Mm You don't get that if you're just by yourself because sometimes it takes being in a conversation with another human being, seeing another human being that both humanizes yourself and other people, right? Mm
3: -hmm.
4: Um, It's a lot easier to demonize the people you don't know, you know, to turn them into animals or whatever and and that's where hatred is born and things like that. So it actually helps reorient ourselves in our world in the world mm-hmm. when we when we join in corporate worship. Yeah.
1: It's the one unique special place where you unlearn everything that's been thrown at you for the whole time. That's right. Yeah. 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 Like there's no there's no other place like that. And if you do find a lot of the same qualities that, we, that we've been talking about in someone else or with someone else, essentially you just made another church. Mm-hmm. Like there's <laughs> yeah. something like it's only in the community of faith, it's only in the body of Christ, and there's something, yeah, there's just something real special about it, mm-hmm. and whenever, that's why, we were actually talking this morning a little bit about like, people, about people who don't go to church, people outside the church, and it's just like, you know, sometimes there are things that happen in life that like, it's okay, or that it's hard to go to church, or like, you know, you don't want to go to church, and maybe for you in that time, that's okay, um, but at the same time, it kind of makes me sad, because it's like, oh, like, it's really unfortunate that we look at church um, sometimes in really negative lights or really like overly critical lights because there really there's no, there's no other place like it. There's mm-hmm. no other community. There's no other body that um, embodies those ideals, uh, the faith that we have. There's no other group like it. You can't find it anywhere else.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's part of how we, um, like Paul says in Col- in Colossians. Um, it's how we allow the Word of God to dwell in us richly. Mm-hmm. And so he says, let the Word of God dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another. And part of our problem, I think, by singing spiritual songs and hymns, and <laughs> um, part of our problem is that we uh, we have such a individualistic mindset when we come to, to church mm-hmm. that we think, oh, it's about me, really. Mm-hmm. But what if church wasn't about you? What if church was about you going for somebody else? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that the word of Christ could not just only dwell in them richly, but in you richly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because you're teaching, admonishing not only your brother, sister, but also yourself. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. Building
0: off like the, like this idea that like we play a role in one Mm -hmm. another's, like, like worship, and like you talked earlier about how. like, worship has been one of the things that has, like, divided the church mm-hmm. the most, unfortunately. And, like, just how that plays along with, like, this idea that, like, when it comes to the arts and, like, and, like beauty and, like, it's in the, it's in the eye of the beholder. Mm-hmm. So, like, how are we to then, like, look at the fact that, like, like my parents, like, they go to, like, a non-instrumental church, mm-hmm. you know, where they just sing hymns. And, like, sure. College Heights, we sing, like, contemporary music and then we have like a church on the street that they sing only gospel music you know how are we to like view that then like while it is while worship is something that's divided the church it's also something like how are we to like look at this in the sense that it's like i can learn something from the way that they worship Mm -hmm. like the fact that Mm -hmm. that that's different
4: yeah yeah and that's i think that's a good way to put it blake is like Learning to appreciate the differences as opposed to re- rejecting them because they're not mine mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is really important. Our congregation is uh, is a an intergenerational, multi generational mm-hmm. congregation, you know, we have five generations in our church. Um, and and I've I've looked at the numbers, even demographically, it split out split up, split up <laughs> almost evenly. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It it really is pretty fascinating. Um, so yeah, when you get to a, you know, a room with, you know, there's a thousand people in there and they're all different ages, what mm-hmm. do you do and how do you, how do you work that out and how do you, you know, balance that with what, uh, what's going on at the church down the street and what they've chosen to do. Mm-hmm. What I've, what I have realized is that <clears throat> the, the issues of, uh, preference in worship
3: yeah.
4: have much more to do with the subcultures that. Uh, exist within people and usually it's it's, uh, it's surrounding whenever those people came into faith or kind of the moment those like those big moments of conversion, mm-hmm. you know whether whether or not it was the place where they got baptized um, you know or, or got got saved, so to speak, um, it could be for some people, for some people it may just like this was a time of revitalization of revival in my in my life in faith mm-hmm. and uh, and as a result, um, that's the thing that pulls their heart. You know, um, you ask a lot of senior adults, um, when, and when I meet with, when I meet with senior adults about this issue, I usually ask them the question, tell me about, you know, the most powerful worship experience you ever had.
3: Mm.
4: Well, you know, what kind of songs did you (laughs) sing? What kind of elements, you know, were there? And a lot of times they'll go back in their history to a time when they were maybe in their 20s or early 30s or whatever, and they tell me about basically one of these times when their faith was revived, Mm. you know, or something was really significant to them. It may go even back further when they were, maybe it was the the faith of their grandfather or grandmother or their parents and sitting next to them in church, you know. Um, So it's it's a hard thing because... um, It's not about just young people either, Mm -hmm. but the nature of art is to change, (laughs) you know, it really is. And so that does make it hard. Um, You know, it's interesting though, in our day and age with technology, you can pretty much access any kind of worship music style you want at the drop of a hat, you know, Um, unless you're a senior adult usually. Um, They Mm -hmm. don't they don't get on iTunes they don't mm-hmm. have Apple Music they don't have Spotify they don't so where do they hear their music mm-hmm. you know what really grabs their heart my my uh, my philosophy is to uh, when i'm planning for worship is is there one element that would connect to every mm-hmm. age group every every demographic every generation in this room at least one thing that they just oh yeah i really connected to that yeah. today mm-hmm. that they could take home with them um, because we have to learn to appreciate that there are lots of different <laughs> opinions and preferences and things like that in the room. So yeah,
2: that's I've heard before that. And um, I don't know if this is too strongly stated or whatever, but um, I think the principle is good. Like, if you like, if you prefer every single song in the worship set, um, then like there might be something wrong. Like, sure, if you're, I mean, if you're in a diverse, like, multi generational. Mm-hmm. Um, like gathering, you know, um, I mean, it's different for like a college age service specifically or a youth service yeah. or like a CIY conference. But if you're in a church with like people of all ages, if, if every single song is like exactly what your preference is, um, then there might be an issue there. Absolutely. So, yeah,
4: yeah, certainly could be.
0: hmm. Yeah. Um, so like starting to move away from just like we've been talking about corporate worship and like what takes place, like as a body of believers, uh, we just also wanted to hit on, like, this idea of, like, worship in the more, like, broader sense. And that's, like, kind of what you started out with mm-hmm. talking about. And just, like, this idea that all things are worshiping at all times. Mm-hmm. It's not a matter of, like, if. It's a matter of what. And so, um, what are, like, some of the... Um, like, how do we balance that with, like, w- the importance of what takes place at church? You know, like, just this idea that Monday through Saturday... I can do things that worship. Like, what are some of the misconceptions you see? What are like some? Of, what is some of the advice that like you've given mm-hmm. people that are like looking for ways to worship God, not just on Sunday, but throughout their lives, mm-hmm. like everyday life, like this more broader sense of worship.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: My my first reaction is, um, especially to, to someone who's like, maybe asking the question like, okay, I get like, let's say I get I get church, I get Sunday morning. I get that we worship and and, and worship isn't just the songs <clears throat> worship is the preaching too and it's uh, for us at our church it's the taking of communion every week um, you might get that yeah and so to someone who is asking okay so how do I worship during the other days of the week the first thing I would say is um, stop and think about your life a little bit (laughs) like stop what you're doing for five seconds and uh, allow yourself time give yourself time to think about what what God is doing constantly Um, if worship is a response and that's all it is then um, you need to take the time to stop and become aware enough of what God is doing primarily as the first mover Um, Mm -hmm. if he's the first action and you're just supposed to respond to him uh, you should probably figure out what he's doing first Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because, what God's doing, in you or in your friends and your family, uh, whatever He's up to, that's gonna. That that's gonna change your response. Like your response is gonna depend on. God's, action, um, I would start there, definitely, just to figure out. Because it it looks different for different people, and it it even looks different for people in different seasons of life it's not always going to be the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, your prayers change, how you pray changes, how you worship changes. Um, but the thing that's consistent I think with all of life is just giving yourself the time to stop and to see what God's even doing in the first place.
4: Yeah. Absolutely. I think it goes back to, you know, when you say yeah, if our definition is correct and there's an assumption that there's something on the other end, but that you're that you know God created you so you were made to worship, mm-hmm. but um, the the follow up question to respond respond is to whom or to what, you know, mm-hmm. and if if you don't know what's at the end of those those questions, uh, then you don't know what you're worshiping, mm-hmm. and um, you're you're uh, you're giving lip service or honor or glory or something to. Something you don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think mm-hmm. that it's important to think about what the the uh, the end of worship is. You know, I think the primary the primary goal of worship is to glorify God. That's what we were made to do.
3: Right.
4: We we ourselves, as we and Alec and I were just talking about this, as we uh, become uh, who we were made to be the true image of God, the true Blake, the true Anna, the true Alec, the, tr- the true Josh, our truest self is glorifying to God, is most mm-hmm. glorifying to God. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the results of worship, though, the implications of us having worship, the byproducts of worship are that we are transformed. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, you know, the old expression is you are what you eat. Well, mm-hmm. you worship. What you worship, you become. You are what you worship. Um, so if you find yourself, who are you becoming? That's the question you got to ask yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, if you're not becoming more like God, I question whether or not you're actually worshiping God mm-hmm. as he's been that revealed in Jesus, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, how, that's how I think you evaluate the other six days of the week is mm-hmm. who, who am I the other six days of the week?
3: Yeah.
4: Yeah. Am I, I do I have a mask on when I go to church on Sunday did did what happened on Sunday when I was with the church gathered with the church in worship of Jesus Christ the Lord of heaven and earth did that change who I am
3: mm-hmm.
4: you know cuz any time anything gets in God's presence it changes mm. right it changes um it, that's that's who he is um and and we become like the thing we behold yeah so I think transformation, actually, and that gets at Romans 12, uh, is um, Paul says, I urge you um, to offer your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your only reasonable act of worship mm-hmm. because of everything that God's done. If you read the other 11 chapters of Romans, that's you know, there's a <laughs> pinnacle moment right there because of all this other stuff because of God's grace. Um, this is the only reasonable way... You can worship, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but the, the key there, the worship part of that, is that not the living sacrifice. That's not That's not the worship part, even though that's worship language. The worshiping part of that is offering. Mm-hmm. Offer your body. That's what it means to worship. I think that's the daily components of worship, mm-hmm. that we give our permission, we give our consent to the Holy Spirit to do the thing he says in verse 2, to renew our mind, mm-hmm. To be transformed, conformed uh, to the image of Christ by the renewing of our mind, mm-hmm. then we'll then we'll be able to know what is good and pleasing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So that's that's to me is what you know. Um, uh, practical worship is is all about. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. It's undoing those, like you have to think about and like reflect on undoing the cultural formation that you're. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're interacting with every day and Sunday is special still because we embody that in that moment, in that hour, however long we're gathered together we, we enact that together yeah. we, we, we do it uh, but the, the other six days, yeah, if you offer yourself if you reflect, if you think about it you're still preparing yourself you're still transforming you're still engaging in that process of forming more into God and less like culture less like the world must mm-hmm. like what people tell you. Um, yeah, and I think you have to. Mm. You 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 have to do it, and the transformation is slow, um, but it's still daily, and it, yeah. you, even if it's just inch by inch, mm-hmm. it's still happening. You just have to trust the process. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah,
1: that's a really helpful way of thinking
3: about that.
2: Yeah, that's great. Well, um, I think that's about all we have for today thank you guys so much for um helping us understand sharing your perspective um for our listeners i hope that you um, have a better understanding of um worship in a kind of more narrow like musical sense and also i um, in a broader like what we do with our daily lives um, um so i would just encourage you all to um spend some time reflecting on what god's doing and um thinking about how, um, how could, how you can respond to that. Um, and just taking a look at your life and, um, asking, are you becoming more, are you becoming more like Jesus? So, um, yeah, that's, that's what we have. Thank you for, um, listening and we'll see you next time.